our soul matters materials this month are the theme is about trust. The question they pose then is what does it mean to be a people of trust? And here's how the Susan Arnold opens the packet on that. She says in religious circles, trust talk most often revolves around having faith that life will look after us. For instance, our Christian friends sing hymns about God watching over us and keeping an eye on the sparrow. Our Jewish friends lift up the Exodus story to encourage faith that God will help us make our way even when things look bleak. Likewise, prayer practice for our Muslim friends is all about reminding oneself that you are in Allah's safe hands. But we Unitarian Universalists translate similar sentiments using the language of trusting a love that will not let us go. This call to trust life's support comes to us as a gift. After all, it's all too easy to convince ourselves that life is a foe. So we need our faith communities to restore our faith, our trust, that life is ultimately a friend. We need the reassurance. We need to know that when we fall, we can count on being picked up. So I read that and I moved into, in the Soul Matters materials, they have exercises that you can do for the month. And one was a love letter to life, a daily reminder why life is trustworthy. I can see you sitting there and going, well, yeah, maybe. Bear with me. A daily reminder why life is trustworthy. Our ability to trust life is related not just to what happens to us, but also what we choose to focus on. So this exercise invites us to use intentional focus to strengthen our trust in life. It's a simple but impactful practice of writing a love letter to life at the end of each day. And then the, she gives us a link to an article. It was actually a piece on NPR from 2012, it's called The Pulse and Beat of a Daily Valentine Ritual by Barbara King. The cover photo is of Bruce Springsteen um, with his fist upraised and, you know, he's just done one of those big chords and is singing out. But Barbara says, she's an anthropologist and a writer, she says, I've started to think of them as my three daily valentines. Every night, shortly before dousing the bed light, bedside light, I pose myself a question. What were the three best moments of the day? Shifting back through the hours, I make my choices and savor them. My choices are valentines to my life in a way. In days too rushed, full of good fortune but not frustration immune, Holding these moments close turns out to be a more profound act than I'd thought possible. And then she shares some examples of my Valentine recitations from the entire winter. One is that she discovers a cache of photographs of her husband and his family from many years ago. He and I go through them together after 23 years of marriage, out tumble fresh stories. And then she does share that um, concert victory for a dedicated Jersey girl fan. We land hard to get tickets for 
night two of Springsteen and the E Street Band's new tour. Um, yes, absolutely. I say yes to life. The bread at the restaurant tonight is delicious and lightly salted. That bit of sea on my tongue brings back last summer's hot Miami evening swim with my daughter before she left home for college. My valentines emerge from small moments. Are they too bounded, too self-absorbed? In fact, some nights I could choose instead. I worked for social justice this afternoon. Because I want to remember how lucky I am to be able to live as I do as a person of privilege in this country of privilege. I want to work side by side with others to bring about positive changes for people and other animals. But that's the thing about the Valentine ritual. It only works if I choose genuinely. If I select, and this is that wonderful phrase, the bits of joy. If I select the bits of joy that pulse and beat their way into my sleep-ready mind from the day just past. Bits of joy. These valentines accumulate in my head night after night. They organize themselves into a chorus. Remember us. Make time for us among the clamor and clang of your life. When I do remember and do make time, I am filled with more energy and purpose to act in the world. I wrote that down and put that out as my title for this, and I didn't make the connection, but I'm also reading the book Active Hope by Joanna Macy and Chris Johnstone, and its subtitle is How to Face the Mess We're In Without Going Crazy. Okay? And so the title of chapter three is coming from gratitude, and it's almost identical language to what Barbara King was suggesting, just with three little valentines each day. So the reading continues from this. A felt sense of wonder, thankfulness, and appreciation for life is how the renowned psychologist Robert Emmons defines gratitude. A felt sense of wonder, thankfulness, and appreciation for life. If you're feeling low, it might seem like a stretch to focus on something so positive. Yet recognizing the gifts in your life is profoundly strengthening. By savoring these gifts, you add to your psychological buoyancy, which helps you maintain your balance and poise when entering rougher waters. That is why we begin our workshops this way. Gratitude enhances our resilience, strengthening us to face disturbing information. She says and describes moments and says when we're busy, these little moments, these bits of joy can too easily pass by, but keeping a gratitude journal or diary builds them into a pool of memories. Come back saying, hey, listen to us. We can keep dipping back into. When we get into the habit of keeping this kind of journal, we train our minds to notice the upside of life more easily and quickly. Experiencing gratitude is a learnable skill that improves with practice. It isn't dependent on things going well or on receiving favors from others. It's about getting better at spotting what's already there. 
It's about getting better at spotting what's already there. There are two sides to gratitude. The first is appreciation. The second is attribution. Gratitude is a social emotion. It points our warmth and goodwill out toward others. Research shows we're more likely to help those we feel grateful to. Our readiness to help others is influenced by the level of gratitude we experience. And while gratitude leads to increased happiness and life satisfaction, materialism, placing a higher value on material possessions than on meaningful relationships, has the opposite effect. They call that affluenza. The advertising industry aims to undermine gratitude by convincing you that you're missing something. Gratitude is about delighting in and feeling satisfied with what you're already experiencing. Just hang on to that phrase. Delighting in and feeling satisfied with what you are already experiencing. Gratitude and materialism offer different stories about what we need in order to feel secure. We get in the rat race of keeping up with the Joneses. But gratitude pulls us out of this rat race. It shifts our focus from what we're missing to what's there. Our focus from what we're missing to what's there. I'm stuck when I do these topics with a sense in the face of, as I said, things like children being separated from their parents at the border, or you could even go, it's Black History Month and the events in Virginia at this time and what's going on. This will feel too light, not intellectual enough. But jotting down a daily valentine to life is a simple practice. It's something we don't do, which is practice. We're too busy to practice. Something to do. As my daughter Hannah says about my friend Steve, he does what we talk about. And it's a way for us to do the same, to do what we talk about, to change the world. A simple practice. Maybe setting aside five to ten minutes at the end of the day to reflect back on your day and notice however many, but just take three so you won't be overwhelmed. Three moments that you loved about the day that you just lived. Three moments. Three experiences that you can say, I appreciate it. This is a simple practice that can increase our sense of well-being and our resilience, our ability to live well and respond in positive ways to what comes our way. It has been shown to increase trust and connection, hope and action. It's good for us. And still, the odds are that very few of us will go do it. I know that because I don't, and I've been in this position a lot talking about this stuff. We don't have. We won't devote the time, five to ten minutes, to appreciate what you loved in the day. The first action that Joanna Macy and Chris Johnstone suggest in their book, Active Hope, Facing the Mess We're In Without Going Crazy, is actually just the simple keeping of a gratitude journal in their project 
to make us hopeful to face global warming, climate change, and deal with the problems of the world. It's to keep a gratitude journal. Macy and Johnstone acknowledge that there are what they call blocks to gratitude, or we might say there are moments where we may not feel like sending life a valentine. There are many of you sitting here right now going, I didn't come here this morning feeling like this. You know, how do I do this? They say if you're facing a tragedy in your life or in the world or in, I would say, in the news, searching for reasons to be grateful might initially feel uncomfortably close to denial. But you don't have to feel thankful for everything that's happened. It's more a case of recognizing there's always a larger picture, a bigger view, and that it contains both positive and negative aspects. To find our power to see the hard parts clearly and respond constructively, we need to draw on resources that bring out the best in us, and gratitude does this. It's a resource we can learn to tap into at any moment. They go on to talk about how closely tied together gratitude and trust are. When violations and injustice occur, trust is often a casualty. Loss of trust makes it harder to experience gratitude. I would apply that to our current national situation and just take that cycle as a, or that connection as a cycle and begin to work with it, how trust and gratitude are related. Trust levels are falling. Surveys show that people are about half as likely to trust others as they were 50 years ago. That's in 2012. Will it be possible to turn the tide? Trust and gratitude feed each other. We need to deepen our capacity for thankfulness in difficult times. I would say that our universalist heritage gives us that bigger picture, that larger view of an inclusive universe, or if it's God-centered, a loving God, as we say the sun shines on all of us every day. We are called to move into and build on that larger trust in life and love so we can act from it and for it and with others, having that be a part of who we are. We are called to be in right relationship with love and gratitude and to orient and ground our lives in or with them, as it were. Over the years, we've talked a lot about the importance of notice and appreciation Really, it boils down to talking about taking the time to do it. Being present in the moment more, with less emphasis on always doing and hurrying from one thing to the next. Mindfulness has been a consistent, and some would say a boring theme, over and over. But it's because it's foundational that we keep talking about it, and all the forces push against it. Poet Mary Oliver died last month. And when we talk about wild geese, the poem Wild Geese, it says underneath, she says, all of this stuff, what does she say? Meanwhile, the world goes on. And then she adds at the end, it not just goes on, but calls to you like the wild geese, harsh and exciting, saying what? Over and over.
pronouncing your place in the family of things. Over and over, announcing where you belong if you stop and listen. She said that attention was her form of prayer. Quote, to pay attention with feeling, this is our endless and proper work. In her poem, Prayer, she urges the reader in language that could be heard as encouragement to go ahead and write a few quick valentines or love letters to life. She urges the reader to just pay attention, then patch a few words together and don't try to make them elaborate. This isn't a contest, but the doorway into thanks. So let's step into this little exercise of notice and appreciation. You say that in the face of all you've got to get done, the pressure of what's next, the practice of being in the moment is not likely to happen. It seems too hard. We can all get too focused on the have-tos, the have-tos. We can get too focused on those to appreciate what comes our way. We can get too focused on what we have to do to truly appreciate what presents itself. But these daily Valentines give you a way to look back on that moment that may have passed by relatively unnoticed at first while you're doing the things you need to do. But then you have a way to bring it back. And what's that word? Savor. What does savor mean? Turn it over and over in your mouth. Taste it. Be with it. Not a letter, really. I know that's too long and too hard. But let's make it a quick thank you note. You know, just jot something down. So I found that as I began thinking about my notes for the day, after I'd been doing that for just a little while, I began to notice and appreciate in the moment. It's like I said earlier, my own private smile of appreciation and gratitude would creep across my face and make its way into the day. As I thought about what I wanted to appreciate, what I noticed as worthy of appreciation, what I loved about my day began to deepen. It became more layered. I also found that it became more social. I found myself more, as Macy writes, delighting in and feeling satisfied with what I was already experiencing. My focus shifted more from what's missing to what is there. Or as Barbara King says, in days too rushed and not frustration immune, but still full of good fortune, I noticed more the good that is my fortune. So this little practice of knowing that I will take a moment in the evening to reflect on what has held me during the day, what I love, what loves me, this practice that I'll take the time to jot something down actually makes me different. It makes me a little more present in my moments, a little more trusting, a little more generous, a little less scared, a little more at ease and gracious. It changes my world, and as a result, it changes the world. Five to ten minutes just to notice a few things you love. People we know, there are people we know who already practice something like this in their own way. Um, Susan Holt, who's sitting over here like this, she writes daily blessings, or she'll write you a blessing, (laughs) and you'll get it in the mail. Todd and Meg Hope practice reflecting on five happy things. And you, 
what do you do? What might you do? A few days after I made Love Letters to Life the title for today, um, I, I gave that in to Sandy for the beacon, and I left on vacation. <laughs> I left the daily routine of responsibilities, and I thought, what's the point of writing daily valentines, particularly if I'm thinking of sharing them? Who's going to respond to those kind of daily valentines? I mean, I, heck, I'm grateful for the whole experience. Travel with friends I've grown up with and loved, days that were a repetition over a boring repetition, if you're telling about it, of eat, sleep, serve. What's not to love? But as I did it, I got into it. Appreciation of waves and rides, sunsets and pelicans, food and friends were all there every day. But looking back, then I appreciated how I sat with Joel and of his story in my broken Spanish and in taking the time of why he hadn't gone to school. We were doing that while I was filling water bottles. He was sweeping and his daughter had just finished doing her homework on the table we shared in the common space. There are other stories or of Jocelyn and 26-year-old woman and her school for teaching local children about possibilities and self-esteem and the time and pride she took telling me about it. She also took the time to look at videos of, that from our cell phones of my paddleboard surfing and pointing out what I could do better, which was a lot because I'm learning. There are moments of looking back and spending the time with my friend Shep, learning to play cribbage and then playing cribbage with him and having the time we'd never really had with each other over the years just to hang out. The days were full of good and very good fortune, as are yours, every day. I think about it. Somebody said you're behaving as if you're already retired. <laughs> Look around the room and how many of you are retired. Think about the good fortune in your days. In the week I've been back here, like Barbara King said, here are a few of the many moments for a thank you, Valentine. Wednesday morning, there was a meeting. Uh, we had these Wednesday morning meetings at Appalachian Coffee with Sonia Jones and now with Hannah McKinley, my daughter. So there we are laughing and planning and appreciating this special group of families and rowdy young children that have chosen to be a part of this community, have chosen to put their faith and trust here with us. And there we were then talking about Black History Month together and thinking about white privilege and being allies and the concept of the need to, which I should, am going to do, but of passing the mic, of being embodied in this body but needing to hear others speak and helping create that space. Creative interchange was real. Henry Nelson Wyman talks about that as the place where God the Spirit of God actually lives in that place where something new comes into being, is created in our listening, in our participating, in our sharing. Something, thoughts came into being that weren't there before we brought our different selves together in that moment. There was a planning session that I had on Thursday afternoon for a climate justice conference this August at the mountain and meeting with that, with that group and giving it form and excitement and then 
meeting there with Allie, the young woman who's going to be bringing a whole different perspective to the group and getting with her to say, hey, I don't have that perspective because of who I am and how I live and my years. Can we get together and collaborate as we go forward? There was our Soul Matters potluck Friday evening. There was a greeting by Parker as I walked in the door. Parker came running from across the room, and this can happen because I'm able and, and I know that, so that's a privilege, seriously. He came running and grabbed my leg and looked up and he said, Hi, Jim, I missed you. And he's holding on to my leg and he won't let go. So we talk and then <laughs> he puts his feet on my shoe and we go and turn on the light switch and we walk around and he's still there. Greeting by Parker as I walked in the door. There was a moment where I decided in the afternoon I'm not going to buy something at Fresh Market. And I baked sweet potatoes, Covington sweet potatoes. I baked them and I buttered them and I salted them and I cut them up and I took the crisp piece of sugary, what would you call it, juice that had um, caramelized on the cast iron pan and ate it before I took them to the group. There was birthday cake. There was discussion of trust and trusting oneself. Oh my, what's not to love? So many, as Barbara King says in her daily Valentine's essay, so many bits of joy that pulse and beat their way into mind from the day just passed. With a little help and intention, they organize themselves into a chorus. Remember us. Not like we were singing, I say yes to life. It's when we said yes to life. They say, remember us. Remember what you love. Because what you loved is why you're alive. Remember us. Make time for us. Just a little. Make time for us among the clamor and clang of your life. Remember and make time. And you will be filled with more energy and purpose to act and live to be alive in the world. I think we have time. <laughs> I'll try this. I think we can do this. On page 44 in this book, um, Joanna Macy and Chris Johnstone ask all their participants in their workshops to try this. They call it a gratitude practice. So I want you to just do it right now. We're going to take less, less than five minutes for you to do this and take that notice and give some form to walk through that door of thanks that Mary Oliver is talking about. So t take a moment, notice, just scan your recent memories and identify something that's happened in the last 24 hours that you're pleased about. Something that you're pleased about. It doesn't have to be anything big. Just something that makes you think, huh, I'm glad that happened. I'm glad that happened. Now, 
now close your eyes if they're not already closed. And imagine that you're experiencing that moment again. Sort of like when I moved with Parker on my leg. There it was again. Notice colors, taste, sounds, smells. There you go. And the sensations in your body. Notice also how you feel in yourself. Now give thanks. Hmm. Who or what helped this moment to happen? Was anyone or anything else involved? If so, think of them and imagine expressing your thanks. Hmm. So this is what we did. We noticed. We savored and we gave thanks. Is there anything anybody would like to share from that? Did it, did it work for you? Were you able to? Yeah. Be able to find one thing? Yeah. Great. As you sat there, did another one come to you? Uh, yeah. What do you think? Or not think. That's right. Just came. Yeah. Oh. And he said, your service is a valentine for us. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I'd like to encourage you, that's what I've been doing, to just take that five to ten minutes in your day and create these valentines. I'd like to close with this piece by Reverend Steve Garness Holmes. Let your gratitude grow into trust. Begin with gratitude for all you have received that you see and that you do not see. Again, let your gratitude grow into trust that you are included in a great wonder and then entrust yourself to the grace you are given. The grace you are given. Let your trust blossom into compassion for all those who are also part of this oneness, those who have been excluded used or targeted. Let your compassion flourish into solidarity, knowing you are one with those who suffer and that their wholeness is part of yours. Let your solidarity bear fruit in justice, working for freedom and fullness of life for all, against all evil and oppression. And when you are most challenged by the forces of injustice, most weary and discouraged, do what? Return to gratitude. Return to gratitude that you are guided, accompanied, empowered, and saved, and entrust yourself 
to the undying embrace in which you have been given life. So maybe between now and Valentine's Day, which is Thursday, practice writing your daily Valentines to life. You know how important it is to remember your Valentine and not forget Valentine's Day. So you might just do that with your life. Happy Valentine's Day and life to you, to us all.